Welcome back to Apologetics for Tweens. I'm Tom Griffin. Let's look at the next evidence from science that points to God, the ontological argument. Another big word there. This is an argument from philosophy. Now, philosophy is the study of knowledge. And within that discipline, ontology is the study of essence or being or existence, we might say. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for everything you do for us and all our blessings. I pray that all those who need to hear this message will find the truth, believe in you, and maintain that belief for life. For those who do not know you yet, Lord, I, I pray that you'll open their eyes and influence them to become seekers and find the Holy Spirit waiting for them. Please bless this lesson and let your word speak through me that everyone needs to hear. Amen. It's unlikely you will hear very many Christian apologists talk about the ontological argument. It just seems too bulletproof, maybe, remarkable, and simple for some to believe it. It's come into modern debates mainly through Christian philosopher William Lane Craig. I do personally find it to be one of the most fascinating concepts of all the evidences for God. I actually wrote a fictional apologetics book on Kindle called The Last Premise, and the title was based on the last statement of this argument that we'll get to in a moment. First, let us define a couple terms that will be used. Maximally great being is the greatest conceivable being with all the greatest attributes of such a being, including power, intelligence, love, existence, and so forth. Whatever we can conceive of as the most desirable traits that such a being has, that is what we would call a maximally great being. If there was any be uh, being greater with more desirable attributes, then that would be the maximally great being. Now, could there be more than one maximally great being? No, then one or the other is not maximally greatest. Next, the term all possible worlds. This is a conceptual idea within philosophy to advance arguments about what could be and could have been. So the idea is that the universe and our world could come into existence in many other possible ways than it has. Our world could exist in innumerable other ways than it has than it is. But our world is the way it is of all the potential possibilities. Probably an extremely large number of possibilities other than ours, if not an infinite number. Now let's define the formal argument as follows. It is possible that a maximally great being exists. If a maximally great being exists, it exists in some possible world. If it exists in some possible world, then it exists in all possible worlds. Therefore, a maximally great being exists. Therefore, God exists. Wow, the beauty of that airtight argument just overwhelms me sometimes when I think about it. What we've just shown here is in the most formal and valid argument within the rules of logic. We begin actually arguing a possibility that God exists, but we end up in a certainty that God exists. Although for many who cannot refute the argument 
and say it doesn't make sense or it's foolish, I say it's beautiful. In fact, if God does exist, it seems to me this would perfectly fit the likelihood he created logic to allow us to not only find but prove him. Now, for someone to refute this argument, they have to attack one or more of the statements, or what we call premises. Usually, it is the first or the second that they go after. Let's examine each statement and the conclusion that logically follows. First, it is possible that a maximally great being exists. Now, critics say this is not proven, yet we have not said anything about proof here. We merely said it is possible. Is it possible that a maximally great being exists? We have so much evidence for God as we're in the process of discussing. How can anyone say it's not at least possible? There are hundreds of good arguments for God. Recall that we said if you multiply the probability of all of them together in the cumulative case for God and Christianity, it can result in it being more than likely that God exists and that Christianity is true, at the very least. But we've not even made that claim yet here, merely that it is possible. That's just lovely. In the second statement, if it exists, it exists in some possible imaginable world of all the near-infinite possibilities for how a world might be created. Critics may insist that we're saying it does exist, but we only say that it is possible it exists in some world that might be created of all possibilities. Next, the dagger. If it exists in some possible world, then it exists in all possible worlds. Now, this is clear by definition of a maximally great being. How could it be maximally great if it only existed in some or even only in one of the worlds? Then it would not be maximally great, and if there was a being that existed in all the possible worlds, then that being would be the maximally great being. Finally, therefore, God exists. God is the greatest conceivable being, the maximally great being as defined by Christian theologians. Beautiful. What do you think? Once you reason through it yourself a few dozen times looking for holes, try it out on someone else sometime. More likely than criticisms, you may find awe and wonder and amazement, maybe some snide remarks uh, and comments with no meat on the bones. This beautiful and simple, airtight, logical argument is so befitting of our God. Ponder on that and let me know your thoughts at my personal email, tjgconsult at aol.com. Take care for now.